0: Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in to Rock Church's message. We are so excited that you are here today. We hope that you leave today encouraged and know that you are loved by God. It's week three in our series called Hard Love. Now, when I study the passage that most of our sermons will be taken from, I always think to myself, now, are you, you are you a loving person? Would you consider yourself to be a loving man, woman, or young person? So when you get to the characteristics of love in 1 Corinthians 13, you want to think that you are, but something inside of you tells you, well, you're not always as loving as you ought to be. I love 1 Corinthians 13. It's used in just about every... Every wedding, as Nick said last week, and last week we actually found out that love is patient and love is kind, it's listed in chapter 13 of First Corinthians. And hopefully, we will find that we are telling the truth about ourselves that we are a loving person or not always the loving person that we ought to be. An elderly couple was settled down for bed one night, and the old man realized. That he actually left the lights on in the greenhouse in the backyard. And he told his wife, I actually forgot to turn the lights off in the greenhouse. And just as he was about to go out there, he heard voices, three different voices talking. And he became very alarmed. So he immediately dialed 911. And the dispatcher that answered the phone said, I'm sorry, sir that we are not able to come out right now because all of our officers are already out somewhere the old man was extremely perturbed about it and so he thought to himself a moment and then he called back again 911 and the dispatch same dispatcher answered and he said sir there are three men that are breaking into the greenhouse behind my home and i just shot them and 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 my dog is eating them. And he hung up the phone. Within, within moments, there was a, a police car there. They obviously grabbed the guys and put them in the police car to take them away. And afterwards, the, man, the police officer said to the man, now from what I understand, the d- dispatcher said that you said that um, you shot the robber and your dogs were eating them. Is that correct? The old man said, but you said there weren't any officers available. So sometimes we don't always tell the truth about ourselves, do we? Sometimes we like to look at the scripture and say, but you know, I'm not really such a bad person after all. I think that I'm a patient person and I I believe that I'm a kind man or woman in studying about about envy this week, I, I found thinking that I was not an envious person, I found that I had to rethink that completely. Little Johnny is constantly late for school, and what's worse, he always tells a big lie to explain it to the people in the office and to his teacher. And the teacher tells the principal that she's had it up to here with Johnny's lying about why he's late for school. And the principal thinks about it for a moment. He says, I'll tell you what, next time Johnny lies to you, I want you to bring him into my office. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think of the biggest lie I could possibly tell him. And hopefully that will make him realize that lying is wrong. It's stupid. It doesn't do us any good. So the teacher leaves, but the next day, Johnny is once again about two hours late for school and And Johnny goes to his teacher, and he says, "I was actually going to be early today. I was going to be right on time, but i i was I was headed toward um the park and and there was a pond there, and I decided I was going to stop and fish since I was so early and I caught a seventeen pound trout, and I had to take it home, obviously because my mom would be very upset if if i didn't clean it so that she could freeze it. And that's why I'm late, teacher. The teacher was furious with him, obviously, and drags him down to the principal's office. And the principal has his story to tell to Johnny. And he says, Johnny, I was walking through the park today myself. And as I was walking, I heard something come up behind me and I turned around and was shocked to see this 24 foot tall grizzly bear with six inch fangs and out of nowhere a dog came and ran toward the bear and saved me just in time and ate the entire bear what do you think of that Johnny and Johnny said hmm yeah um That's my dog, Sparky. (laughs) And that's the third bear he's killed this week. (laughs) Have you ever met people who always have an answer for everything? They always have an answer. They're always trying to one-up the situation because they're envious of someone else's humor or somebody else's life. Evangelist Dwight L. Moody is one of my favorite of all times, outside of Billy Graham, and I was going to mention this this morning. I was at Walmart yesterday, and when I got up to the cash register, Time magazine had put out this magazine dedicated to the life of Billy Graham, and it says in the corner, America's preacher. And as I opened it up, I, it, was, it was something that was very difficult to want to put down because there are so many interesting facts in there that my wife and I actually got to experience over my 66 years of life. And it was actually funny how those experiences um, lined up with the magazine. He shares how he went to Bob Jones University and was there one semester and couldn't handle it because girls couldn't hold hands um, with guys and you couldn't talk to a girl before noon. And I'm thinking that's exactly like the Bible college my wife and I went to. Identical. And, further, and, and, and as a matter of fact, my wife's brother graduated from Bob Jones University with his um, master's and Ph.D. I look at the magazine and I just think, what a monumental uh, effect this man has left on the earth. Amazing. Amazing. They show massive crowds in here. In fact, one of them is in North Korea, where he met um, under the Kim Jong Un's father's regime. He met there with massive crusades. I think who's going to replace? Who is going to replace the great Billy Graham? But I know this: that God can raise somebody up out of this church to be a great pastor and a great great preacher for the kingdom of God, seeing many people come into the kingdom. Evangelist Dwight L. Moody was a lot like Billy Graham, and he once told a fable of an eagle who was extremely envious of another eagle that could fly higher than he could. He was so upset by it that he decided to actually go down and talk to the hunter, a sportsman that was down below, shooting something else, and he said to the sportsman, I dare you to try to hit that eagle up there. And the sportsman said to the eagle he was talking to, Well, the only way that I can do that is if I have one of your feathers so that I can shoot him. I I need just one of your feathers. And so the eagle plucked out one, one of his feathers and he shot toward the other eagle but missed it. And he kept saying, You know, I just need one more of your feathers and then I'll be able to get that eagle. Until he was left with not enough feathers to fly, and the sportsman shot and killed him. And Moody said this, he said this about envy, he said, if you are envious of others, the one you will hurt the most by your actions will always be you. Always. Now I'm praying with my eyes open this morning, because we just came off of an incredible ladies' retreat where a lot of ladies, 65 maybe ladies, went to the retreat. And my wife and I were praying before she did the retreat. They were praying that the ladies would all be touched there and that God would speak to everyone, and he did. And we were also praying for my daughter Danielle that somehow a miracle would happen and she would go, and she did. And on the way in Uh, to church this morning as we were praying my wife and I were reviewing the miracles that have happened in our life in the last week and we came up with four didn't we honey MDOT had decided that on my street even though I lived there for 15 years that they were now requiring that we put sidewalks and it was going to cost about six thousand dollars because I needed to move all my landscaping and trees and everything and yesterday just before my wife came home I got a letter saying, a decision was made, it was fought by neighbors, and you don't have to do it. And I was like, yay, God, $6,000 I don't have that I just saved. (laughs) And then my wife was talking about Josiah who went out for wrestling and had a big tournament all day long yesterday, and um, the coach actually Coach Griffhorst actually came over and said, your son has really moved up quickly from the C team to the A team. And we were just thinking, well, that's amazing, God. And what I'm asking right now is this, that you will ask God if, if he maybe should speak to you right now, that maybe you have something to say to me, God, specifically to me, not anyone else, but just to me, Lord. Maybe you have something that you would like to say to me through, through this, the third characteristic of love, and it's a negative one because it says love does not envy. Now, you may be like me and say to yourself, I don't see myself as a, an unloving person. I don't see myself that way. But 1 Corinthians 13 delineates several critical attributes that reveal the force and the nature of true love. For example, last week we saw patience and kindness. And this is what I believe about patience and kindness. As Pastor Nick did a great job of bringing that out to us. I believe that patience and kindness are reciprocal in nature. They affect each other. You can't be kind when you're impatient. You can't be impatient and still be kind. They affect each other. And so God placed in his word this order of the characteristics of love, knowing, knowing absolutely that they feed off of each other, that patience and kindness will lead to you not always being jealous because if you just wait long enough, you might find that there's a reason why things happen. Hmm? Yes? Can you talk to me today? Yeah. Can you say something this morning? Stories <laughs> story is told of two men riding a tandem bicycle up a very steep street. Reminds me of the street across from my house. I never made it up there on my bike without having to stop. (laughs) Old age. Two men riding a tandem bicycle up a, a, a very steep hill. After a lot of effort, they finally made it to the top. And the guy in the front said, oh, my gosh, that was just exhausting. I can't even believe we made it. What a tough ride. And the second guy said, it sure was. And oh, my gosh, it sure was. But I had to keep the brake on the whole time so we wouldn't roll backwards. We're trying to be patient and kind at the same time that we're full of jealousy and envy of somebody else, of a coworker, of your spouse. You're thinking things that are not really true at all. So instead of telling us what love is at this point, the writer of 1 Corinthians is telling us that this is what love is not. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy. Well, the same word that is translated in this context as envy, in most versions and elsewhere, it's rendered as jealous, zealous, covetous, or desirous. Hmm. Think about that. You're even envious of somebody that you're close to. You're worried about where they're at. Have their feelings changed toward you? What is the actual deal? But 1 Corinthians 12, 31 reminds us of those negative aspects, envy and jealousy. Proverbs 14, 30 says that a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy actually rots the bones. Envy is this worry about something that you you think you need to protect. Something that you're spending most of your time protecting. When God says, I would like you to give that over to me and stop worrying. Proverbs 27, 4 says, anger is cruel and fury overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? Envy is actually the desire for something which belongs to another person because the scripture says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, his wife or his servant, his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So remember this. Envy is different from jealousy in this respect. Envy is coveting something that belongs to someone else. On the flip side of that same coin, Is jealousy. This aspect is defined this way. Jealousy is that unpleasant emotion that you feel when you think someone is trying to take what is yours. You're jealous because someone flirted with your spouse. You're jealous because you think the other person at work is trying to take your position. Envy and jealousy Two sides of the same coin. And Paul says, I want to remind you not to get caught up in desiring something that someone else has that you don't have. It'll actually rot your bones. Paul knows that if you get caught up in being envious of what your neighbor has, you will never be satisfied. Never. There will always be someone else to be envious of. He says in verses 30 and 31, do all the gifts Do all have the gifts of healing or do all speak in tongues or do all interpret? He says, instead of being desirous of someone else that has, that you wish you had, like better looks, more money, more driven, better health, better marriage, better kids, instead of being jealous of that, you should eagerly desire the greater gifts. You know what the greater gifts are? The greatest gift of all, Scripture says, I don't say this. God says it. The greatest gift is love. Because love covers all the other multitude of sins, jealousy, and envy, and all those other sins that so easily beset us. You and I need to think they actually love me. I'm just responding incorrectly. The devil wants you to think your wife doesn't love you. Your husband no longer loves you. Your kids don't love you because they didn't respond as you think they should. In 1 Corinthians thirteen four, the negative connotation of envy is employed. It is depicted as a characteristic that is contrary to the nature of love. The phrase translated, love is not jealous or love does not envy. The Greek term for the word envy or jealous means to have warmth of feeling for or against, to boil or burn with zeal, or to earnestly affect covet or desire. You know this? Envy and jealousy can dominate your thinking. It already is today. You're jealous for a friendship that God took away from you. You're jealous for your wife who loves you and you don't even get it. You are jealous for a position that someone else has that you don't have. And you spend a great deal of your time thinking about that. In the negative sense, you either want what they have or wish they didn't have it. You become unhappy and even miserable by the good fortunes of another. Envy generally stems from insecurity, discontent, or dissatisfaction with oneself. It breeds ill will toward others. You know what it does? It nags. Oh, yeah. It nags and and pushes buttons to control the situation which God says, I'm in control. Stop pushing buttons for something that I'm in control of. I trace it all the way back in my mind to the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. In chapter 4, it says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain, the firstborn, and his offering, who shouldn't have been worried because he already had the birthright as the first son, by the way, who should not have been worried about who was the greatest or who was having more favor with God. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will, not, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but must rule. you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. You know the story. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? As if God doesn't already know where everyone is. He was looking for you to tell the truth. I don't know, he replied, am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you're driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth and and whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord came back and said, no, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. So when the Bible says that love does not envy, it means that when you possess true love, you will not be unhappy about, complain about, Or wish to diminish or detract from the attainments or advantages of another, and it will certainly not be your desire to kill him. You get it? You get it? People, you with me? Are you awake today? Way back there, if Cain would have understood this God has order, God has established order in life. Cain was the firstborn. Not satisfied with his life, immediately he went after the person that he should have loved. I am telling you this for a fact this morning. Please listen to me. If there is trouble in your home, it is most likely because headship is missing. The order has been somehow reversed. Mama's the head instead of Papa. The kids are the head instead of dad. Headship has been messed up. If you would get the headship back in your home, things would change. Now, there's not going to be a lot of amens today. That was ordained by God. Everything is. Headship is gone. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. No matter what you want to say, mama rules. And if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. You abdicated your position as a husband, man, father, son years ago, years ago. And it's, life is messed up because of it. Mankind has never been satisfied since Cain and Abel. You know what? The apple never falls far from the tree. All they learned is discontentment from Mom Eve in the garden. You got it? Mama Eve in the garden was not happy, and so she passed it down to her sons. Ladies, God would love to see your husband be the man of God that he should be. I will guarantee you that is a fact. He would love, yes? Yes? He would love to see your husband step up to the plate. Men, stop trying to manipulate the situation because you're actually jealous of your wife. You think maybe someone else is after If you think it long enough, it'll happen. You listen to me. 43 years tells me, if you think that long enough, it'll happen. If you care a bit, you'll be a man of God. She'll come back home. Yes? Yes, yes, yes. It's a fact. See, they weren't happy. They weren't happy with their lot in life. He wasn't happy with his wife or husband. You aren't, and we're not happy with our friends. We're not happy with our church. We got a ton of things we're not happy with. You don't like, whatever. We're always moving on to something bitter, bigger and better. We always think that that's the answer. Love produces just the opposite reaction Love delights in the welfare of others and rejoices with them in the favor they enjoy. Yeah, it rejoices in someone else getting blessed, in you being able to say, We are really blessed, period. Because see, when you start to feel that others deserve to be blessed and pouring favor on them and showing that you're not jealous of someone else prospering, God starts to bless you. Have you had that happen? I actually wanted everybody in here to turn to somebody and say something nice. So go for it. So, oh, yeah. Okay, that's enough. That's enough. Some of you are getting in a fight. You didn't say anything nice about me. See, it's already happening. He, didn't say, he was right next to me and never said a nice word about me. He turned to Mildred over there and said she was a good cook. What about me? <laughs> you know how the devil works? Isn't that how he works? He immediately attacks the area of discussion. He immediately makes you think, nobody cares about me. Does he really like me? And, you know, does she really care about me? That's what he does. Regarding marriage, there are a couple of related applications for this concept. If you truly have a love commitment to your spouse, you will not, not, listen to me, feel threatened, lessened, or weakened by their attainments, by their advantages, or by the favor from which he or she benefits. You will rejoice with them, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Is Maria the only one who agrees with me? Yeah. You can always tell me, you can always tell who really likes me by whether they shout amen or not. No, that's not true. Some people just don't shout amen. It's okay. Ed still loves me even though he doesn't shout when I'm preaching. You do? So 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 wait a second here everybody. Wait a second. Yeah, that is actually a problem. Yeah, that is actually a problem with me. I worry too much about my wife, whether she loves me or not. I worry too much about my husband. I'm just constantly trying to nudge him in the right way, and it's just not happening, Pastor. I I could make you a promise. The only way that they're going to move that way is when you learn to pray and leave it with God. God's really good at doing that, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. We ought to have a bunch of ladies that are still high with a hangover from the retreat. Do we have any ladies in the house that are high with a hangover from the retreat? All right, okay, so so good It's good. Come back from the retreat and you're still you're still high <laughs> High on Jesus so. Love actually gets blessed by the advancement of someone else. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Love gets high in the advancement. Love does not envy in the sense that it does not seek, covet, or desire aspects found in the marriages of others. In this vein, love is inextricably linked to contentment. I love that person so much, all I have to do is pray And God will do the rest. I'm telling you, this is a fact. We pray every day for my daughter Danielle and her husband Dan that they'll walk in here together, that she'll go to the retreat. And my wife was so excited when she said, Danielle is going to the retreat. You know why? Because she feels loved. Yeah. Love moves people not envy not jealousy not bitterness not not rage not anger none of those things you know the order of destructive things that take place in our life the path to destruction always starts with unforgiveness you don't feel loved you feel someone has hurt you you feel angry and so when they prosper in any way you're actually jealous you're actually upset You can't rejoice in it. I love the examples of true friendship in the Bible because they're there. They are there in the Bible. Ruth and Naomi are an excellent example of a mother and a daughter, a daughter-in-law who stay together in spite of the fact that both of their husbands are dead and there's nothing in keeping them together, thus breaking the ties that would have naturally bound them when their husbands died. Though... Through Ruth and Naomi, you note how the essence of friendship is altruism. A relationship not driven by constraints and duties of our roles and not looking for benefit or reward. It's not what I can get out of it altruistically, but it's I find contentment in complimenting rather than being jealous. In vocalizing my love rather than expecting that they're going to think that you love them. You could turn your situation around right now. You can turn around right now. Batterson says, make decisions against yourself. You got this? Counterintuitive decisions. Intuitively, you'd say, Well, I'm inclined to be furious at my wife because I saw her talking to that guy at the game. And you don't even know the the story behind it. She's not interested in him. She loves you. She just wants to hear it from you. You need to tell her more. You wouldn't have this problem if you did. He went over and talked to her. Take responsibility instead of being envious and jealous. And by the way, I didn't pick, because some of you are going to say, you picked this for me, Pastor. I know you did. <laughs> you, you, I, I saw you. I saw you. You looked right at me. I'm looking right at everybody. I'm blind in one eye, by the way, so I can't even see half of you. <laughs> and I, by the way, I don't even want to. No, because then you'll make me scared. Yeah. Is God good? Yes, Yes, he is. And we focus on the negative. We get caught up in the negative when God is so ridiculously good. I love the story of Ruth and Naomi and see how God led in that. It's a parable of friendship. If Ruth and Naomi give us the classic story of friendship between women, then David and Jonathan are the archetypes of men who genuinely love one another. Their friendship is another instance of how love transcends difference. Because love does not envy. Love transcends difference, doesn't it? You would be surprised who you could be friends with. Oh, yes, you would. You would be surprised if that, all of us responded and loved and genuinely loved each other, we would get along amazing. I love Rock Church. I love everybody that goes here. I'm excited to be here. I look forward to Sundays getting together because God says we're supposed to get together. I look forward to tomorrow night at Men's Bible Study to get together. I told my wife the reason why we have retreats is so that women can get connected because they'll find out they are not alone. There are other women hurting too. There are other women rejoicing also. You are not alone. God says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Yes, Jonathan is the king's son. He could have been very, very nervous when David stepped on, on the scene. That ruddy, red faced little runt called David, a nobody who Samuel actually comes looking with his father, he's not even mentioned on the list. Let me just say this. God doesn't care if you're little, ruddy red runt. God is not interested in how tall or short you are, how beautiful you are, how skinny you are. He's interested in you. He actually wants to have fellowship with you. That's what he wants. I didn't know this until Josiah went out for wrestling that wrestlers are genetically small, most of them. And then you look at kids that are like, because these are only seventh and eighth graders in this tournament yesterday, and then you look at the kids that are tall and you think to yourself, what happened to him? This is what I believe. We need to tell our kids they're loved like crazy. You need to say, you can do this. Yeah, you, oh, come on, you agree? You can do this. God wants to use you. Why, why, would, why would Josiah be interested in Billy Graham? Why? Why would he be interested? Because he knows he's a great man of God, and he's heard us talk about him, and he sees this. I want him to know who he was. Wouldn't you want your kids to know that? God will take anybody. God is not interested in how skinny or how fat you are, how tall or how short you are. God wants you to excel. But he also wants you to know this. <clears throat> I need that water. <laughs> <coughs> it's okay. I'm coming. Chug a look at chug a look chuck, chug chug chug. You ever have that happen? You know, it goes down the wrong pipe and then he starts stalking like, like a wind sucking preacher. And God said, And God said, no sin in your life. I think it's back. By the way, what, hon? A good deal. By the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, by the way. God loves humor. Jesus loves humor. Thank you, Ed. Jesus loves humor because Jesus loves you. We're taking life way too seriously, people. Come on, come on, come on. Don't be envious or jealous. Love. Love covers. It's not what he said or she said or they did that you're holding record of. It's just love. Love until your situation changes. That's my suggestion. Love until your whole situation changes because love does transcend difference. How did David come to be King Saul's replacement and 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 Jonathan not be jealous of this. Some would say that he was skilled as a musician, able to soothe Saul's fits of depression. Either way, Saul came to love him. He came to actually love David. Sometimes, I hope I still have you, sometimes it's incredible love that we have for each other that drives us to jealousy or envy. Because you're overthinking what is transpiring in your life or your wife's life or your, your husband's life. As Saul's fortune began to wane, David rose as a star. Saul has slain his thousands and David his 10,000. So envy, jealousy, rivalry, and fear entered this complicated quadrilateral of human relationships. So what happens when David starts to rise? It would have been very, very, very easy for Jonathan to say, you're taking my place. But he didn't say that. No. Because true love does not envy It's not jealous. It's not only loving to those who would bring advantage to your life, but it's also manifested in those who are simply friends. I have a lot here. I have a lot of friends here. Yes, I do. I look forward to seeing all of you. You guys, all the way from Grand Haven. Willie, how could you not love Willie? And Moses and Jody. Is that your sister? And your sister. And these two right up in front. If we put aside all these little things that the devil wants to use, we will be able to love each other and we'll change. Won't we? We will. We will change. Instead of feeling, feeling threatened and running away from the situation, we will be drawn into it. Because the Bible says, in honor that we would prefer one another. That we would live selflessly as we die to ourselves every day. Die to self. Die to self. You're going to be in a situation when you walk out of here today that will try, the devil will try to promote yourself. I don't deserve this. He's just talking to me, but my I'm still not going to get over this relationship issue that I have. My wife's never going to come back, or my husband's never going to get saved, or all those things. But God, scripture gives us clear insight into what it means not to envy and be jealous of each other, because it's such a case of david and jonathan it says his soul that is knit or bound to the soul of david just as ruth clung to naomi their souls were knit together Mm -hmm. their souls were knit together god wants us to be knit together as soulmates as people of God that actually love each other like Jonathan and David. Then Jonathan instigates a covenant of loyalty with David as a mark of his love, and he strips himself of his robe and delivers it to to David. Together with his armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt, talk about someone who is not envious of another, Jonathan and Ruth could clearly say he must increase, but I must decrease. Because, ladies and gentlemen, there is no jealousy or fear that gets in the way they genuinely love each other. It was perfect love. It was perfect love. And perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. You don't start wondering if so-and-so still likes you or not. Or if you should go to the ladies' retreat because you don't mix well with other people. Let's, let's admit the truth. We don't mix well because we live in fear. We're too worried about what other people will think or say about us instead of getting out of that box and saying, I'm going to trample that ugly fear to death, and I'm going to love like crazy. You guys are changing. Yeah. Yeah, you're changing. Oh, yeah. I am watching Rock Church. People change. Yes, they are. They're changing by surrendering to God and realize, and I believe this, so many people say God is a holy God and his, his most Um, powerful attribute is holiness i think god is holy but if he's not loving we're doomed you get that you understand that if god is holy but not loving we're all doomed to hell and we're not i'm free i there's no condemnation to me there's no record of my wrongs there's no record of your wrongs so you shouldn't point them out to me and i shouldn't point them out to you we should just be whispering we should just be whispering sweet things to each other I shared a powerful illustration out of a book this morning called Whisper by Mark Batterson. I shared it with the praiseman. This effect. There was a little girl who was had a cleft palate, so she was mocked all the way through school, and she had serious hearing problems, and one of her ears was considered deaf. And every year, this is year many years ago, there would be a test called the whisper test at school. And she was always afraid that she would not hear what the teacher whispered. But this day, she had a very special teacher do the whisper test. And when she whispered into her ear, she was supposed to repeat what the teacher said. And the teacher didn't whisper something mean. The teacher whispered, I wish that you were my girl. You know what envy says? I don't like you. You hurt me. You are the favorite I wish I was skinny like you. I wish I had a husband who was dedicated to God. No, 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 no. You need to whisper, I thank you, God, that you love me. I thank you, God, that I actually have friends that love me. Because everybody in this room does. Don't we? Okay, I'm looking out there and there are some of you that are like, just get it over with. They never smile. They never agree. They never say yes. They just sit there like zombies, and I'm thinking, and oh, oh yeah? Come on, Jesus, you got to go to them right now. They never do any of those things. They don't realize how awesome it is to be free, <laughs> free, yeah? yeah, free to bless other people, free to whisper in your spouse's ear, free to whisper in your children's ear, free to say it before it's too late, and you can't say it. Today's the day to do it, isn't it? Today is the day. So when Jonathan divests himself of his robe and his armor, he's saying to David, let there be nothing between us, nothing to get in the way of knowing each other as undefended people. I and thou, human being to human being, man to man. The Torah actually says of Moses that the Lord spoke to him face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, when Jonathan died with his father at the battle of Mount Gilboa, David was inconsolable. His grief-stricken eulogy for his dead friend says it all, and I quote from the scripture, I am distressed for you, my brother, Jonathan. Greatly beloved were you to me. Your love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. There are some who would like to say that it was gay love. No, it's not, because it wouldn't be recorded in God's word if it was. That violates God's word. It was genuine love. The love that would sacrifice for another. It's easy to sacrifice for people who you think love you, it's not so easy to sacrifice for people that you should love. Hmm? Yes? Anybody besides Moses agree? Yes. Reach out to somebody who's mistreated you. Reach out in love through prayer to someone who isn't there yet. <clears throat> the, the poet Santayana said, Your friend was the part of the human race with whom you can be yourself. Nobody likes to hang out with people you can't be yourself with. Everybody wants to hang with somebody who you can just have fun and they're not saying, "Oh, I don't know about this now." Oh, oh, you laughed at that, that's dirty. you oh no, 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 now, come on, get your garment of protection on, and because it's like, who wants to party with you? I think I, I, I'm pretty goofy. But I think life is awesome. Ridiculously awesome. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. When you finally find that by loving people, you get it back at you, you're going to do it more. I want you to practice this all week this week. Read Psalm 91, by the way. You're going to get so blessed you won't even be able to stand it. And besides that, no negative. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'll stop breathing. <laughs> That's going to cause me to stop breathing. No negative. No is a regular part of my vocabulary. You know this is true. You talk to some people, and they're so negative, you're like, oh, my gosh. Do you ever have any praise to give up to God? Do you ever see the day is an awesome day? If it's not awesome out today, I don't know what it is. No, you're going to say to some people, what a beautiful day, and they're going to go, it's only 42. <laughs> and then there are others, it's 42 in Michigan in March. I watch, you guys, when we're doing worship. It's like, Dirk did not jump up and down today. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And so I made him reset the auditorium so there were chairs right here. Now, no, 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 I'm telling you this. There's a lot of empty seats right here. This is the praise pit right here. You know, some people have mosh pits. We have a praise pit right here. Next week, sit down here. Yeah, you come and sit right here, and I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get blessed. Uh, We were really, really blessed this week because we found out Nick and Lex are having a baby girl. Becky Jr. (laughs) How much you want to bet the baby's name is not going to be Rebecca, even though they love Becky? It'll have to be something like drawer. <laughs> people people name their babies like really weird stuff. You think to yourself, where the heck did that come from? Am I right? Yeah. There aren't any normal names like Gary. I mean, I wouldn't even name my kid Gary. but But Rebecca is actually a biblical name. So whatever they name it, we're going to love it. She's, she's, oh, she's not even five months, and you can see her in the, in the ultrasound. Thank you, Lord, because I'm going to tell you something right now. We've been having a blessed week. Hard to be envious of somebody else. Hard to be jealous of someone else when you've been having a blessed week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There are still some people in the room who aren't on the page. I'm, I'm telling you. I cannot manipulate you into changing. I'm just telling, when you don't, when you're not envious or jealous and you speak love, instead, you get ridiculously blessed. Don't, yes? Yes. Oh, yes, you do. And everyone wants to be around blessed people. I got to stop. In the laments of... Psalm 41, the worshiper pours out his heart to God because he has been betrayed by a friend who he loved as if his lover had abandoned him. He says, yes, even my own familiar friend who I trusted, who did also eat of my bread, hath laid great weight for me. Have you been betrayed by somebody? Spouse maybe, relative maybe, other people you thought were your friend's? Your friend is the person that you should say, I would die for. I have more of those than I've ever had in my life. They're sitting in the room. You with me? Yeah. If, you have a, if you have under the quota of friendships today, I want you to literally think about those you would call friends because you'll start rejoicing. Yes, you will. Because God said this. I didn't say it. It is not good for man to be alone. yeah I know he's talking about so he made Eve but Eve brought temptation to Adam and he could have been really mad and bitter about it but he wasn't they had to, they had to do what God wanted them to do with their life. They had to go on together. If your spouse or someone has greatly disappointed you, forgive them because if you don't it will turn to resentment, retaliation, anger, wrath, violence, and murder. Stop a dead in its track by forgiving the person this morning. You make a covenant right now with God. I will forgive him or her or whoever it is. I'm forgiving them right now. I'm not bringing it up again. I'm actually going to go tell them, I forgive you. You hurt me. You'll get free. Yeah, you will. See, when we don't, we lay aside his glory. Self-emptying is, is called kenosis. It's the true sign of friendship of God that loves the world. Ladies and gentlemen, we are crowned with Christ, given royal status like David, made heirs to the kingdom like him, even though we, like David, were nobodies, the last of the line forgotten about. We owe it all to the king's son who has found us, offered us friendship, given us his life, Made a covenant with us and loved us as his own soul. And it's all because love does not envy. Will you close your eyes for a moment? The praise band's coming. We're going to sing one song before we leave. Quickly, God loves you and you know it, but you have never accepted his gift of Jesus Christ as the payment for your sin so that you can go to heaven. I've never done this, Pastor. I'm I'm thinking about it right now. I don't know if I'd go to heaven when I die, but I want to. Anyone slip their hand up quickly? No one else is looking around. Anyone in the room? I don't know if I'll go to heaven when I die, but I'd like to know. Anyone in the room? Yes. Anyone else? Anybody? How about it, Christian? God has spoken to me today. That's all I want to say. But God has spoken to me today. Raise your hand. God has spoken to me today, and there will be necessary adjustments. I want to sing before we leave because you can look up here. What God did in the past is not limited to the past. God can do it again, can't he? Right here, right now. How many people in the room are specifically praying for a relationship with someone. Maybe they need to be saved. Maybe something needs to change. But you are praying about a relationship with someone that needs to change. Stand up. It's actually most of us, isn't it? It's actually most of us. So the rest of us will join you as we sing. We ask God to do something supernatural. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to the word that God has for you. We pray that you go out into the world now and you live differently, you act differently, and you love differently.